Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right. Microphone on. All right. We're ready to rock. Here we go. This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestivani. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Storm Sestivani, and of course, I am here with the wonderful, talented, gifted, and beautiful Miss Jackie Smith. You're listening to Keep It Magic. Cruise on over to our website at www.keepitmagic.com, where you can get all the information that is related to this show, including... Um, articles that Jackie and I have written uh, because both of our feeds go into keepitmagic.com. It's just kind of a storehouse of information that is related to this particular show that is beneficial for you, you know, so that you can transform your life into something that is workable and meaningful, which is the purpose of this particular show. Also, cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com, which is the sponsor of the show. If you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that may be, whether it be love, money, career, communication, which we will be talking a lot about today, um, you need to get a new job, you need to clear out the negative energy, you need to create some new energy, you name it, we've got it. Cruise on over there and um, uh, get your candles for the upcoming months um, uh, uh, or for however long that you need them and begin to create a little bit of magic in your life. If you have a problem, we definitely have a candle for that, so check that out. Also, Jackie and I can be reached on Facebook. Um, you can go to, first of all, our Keeping It Magic um, Facebook page um, in which all of my astrology forecasts daily are posted every single day. Um, as well as um, Jackie's tidbits and her advice for me and Jackie are posted there every single day. Um, and you can also, Coventry Creations has its own Facebook page, as well as I have my own Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash astrogossip. Um, Jackie, it's pretty interesting. We're talking, this is the third part of our astrological series. Jackie and I are doing four of them this season. We're doing the remainder of them next season. Um, at some point, they'll be a little bit more scattered in, uh, in season four of uh, Keep It Magic. But it's interesting to me that on Thursday, we were originally going to record the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, you were going through some vocal issues, and um, <laughs> we postponed the show to record 
if you're listening to this Tuesday, we recorded it yesterday, but it's really today. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a long uh, time? That? More mindset <laughs> You know, and I was thinking about it, and you know, I was just on uh, Saturday as I was, um, you know, looking over all my notes and seeing what little last-minute changes I needed to make to my personal copies. You know, what was staring me at the face is Mercury, and what better time to do a Mercury show than Mercury retrograde? I concur wholeheartedly because not only um, this week, but by the end of this week, once you listen to the show Tuesday or, or some point in this week, Friday we get Friday the 13th. Yes. Um, we get a full moon. Yes, which will not happen again until 2042. And we get uh, Mercury retrograde at the same time. And, yes, I know I said that, and y'all are freaking out right now. You're going, oh, no, don't do that. I'm staying in bed. I'm not staying in bed. I'm going to be out trail-lolling around having a good old time because – to me, all of those things mean a whole bunch of amazing energy, powerful energy that you can tap into and, and create some manifestations that will change your life. Well, let me um, add one more dimension. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Neptune will also be retrograde. And, um, and remind us what that means. Neptune, everybody knows about Mercury retrograde because it has to do with communication problems, electronics breaking down, um, your car going crazy, you know, you get the flat tire, um, you know, travel plans go nuts, uh, you lose your luggage, um, right. uh, you know, your wedding ring that you've been wearing for 20 years slips down your finger and down the drain and you have to get the plumber to come get it out. Um, you know, all of these are Mercury retrograde uh, kind of uh, mishaps. Um, Neptune, on the other hand, Neptune is a very nebulous, foggy type of planet. It has to do um, uh, with, uh, on, on one hand, reaching those spiritual heights, okay? On the other hand, it can mean reaching for those spirits, and I'm not talking about the ones that aren't visible. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about, you know, it, it can lead towards addiction booty. problems, okay. um, uh, booze, overeating, um, all of our dysfunction, uh, dysfunctional areas. Um, but it's also an extremely mystical planet. And I like the word, you know, a lot of people like to add the word spiritual and religious to, to Neptune. I prefer the word mystical because basically it is the particular planet that forces us in many ways to realize that there is something out there much larger than, um, than what it is that we as human beings are. Now, when Neptune goes retrograde, the problem with it is, is that, which is actually beneficial, is that all of the fog and all of the illusion and all of the dysfunction comes to a raring halt, Jackie. And during the five-month period that Neptune is retrograde, what it is an opportunity to do is become aware of those particular areas of your life that might not be working as well. Because the other seven months of the year, we're in a, you know, a, a mystical days, basically, um, uh, and uh, you know our self-defeating uh, uh, habits aren't as um, uh, okay. revealing. So, so I want to I want to share something with you that sure. um, happened over the weekend. Uh, Patty and I have a business mentor, and um, I really enjoy working with him, and he always challenges me. And as I was sitting there, um, I was just thinking about I was looking at some of the notes on Mercury and Mercury retrograde before he showed up. And then he showed up, and, and what happens is that he questions everything. Yeah. Not in a bad way. He says, so why do you do that that way? Why, what was the choice? What was the thinking behind that? Where do you really want to go? I really like him as a mentor because he doesn't say, this is where you have to go. He goes, well, where do you want to go and why? Yeah. And um, 
So you know what that is? That's an audit. I was like, wow, this is like an audit of everything that I'm doing. Because we look at my financials, we look at um, our business plan and and strategies, and he questions me. It's an audit. And I went, that's what a retrograde is. Yeah, in many ways it it, it is exactly that. It's an audit. It's a review of um, what's going on. And so whenever I'm at an entrepreneur class or my mentor's here, he points out the things that are very obviously messed up. It's, it's like it's the thing that I, that I go, oh, no, we don't see that. That's okay. We've always done it that way. Yeah. This is not a problem. It's annoying, but we don't see that. And he comes in and he goes, what's going on here? This is wrong. This is messing you up. This is the thing that's stopping you. And, and so to me, that's what retrograde is. It, it is the audit. It is the thing. It is the mentor that comes in and says, in this area of your life, you, these are the things you need to fix. And you can struggle with them and bemoan them and go, oh, Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> Which many do. And, and, and say, my life, my life's terrible. It's miserable. I'm going back to bed. But really, um, and that's what, and it's interesting because he said to me uh, Saturday that, the other companies that he's worked with, and his um, brother also does this as a living. He's a consultant. And he said, most people go, yeah, okay, i got to fix it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, and then do nothing. Mm-hmm. And then do nothing at all. And then they go, so why? I don't know if I'm going to use your services anymore because nothing's being fixed. And then they go, because you're not doing anything. And um, and that it's the same it's, it's human nature. I want this fixed, but I don't actually want to work for it. So, so all of your retrogrades are about the the thing that's not working, and you have to work for it. And exactly, and with the outer planets, especially, um, you know, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and Eris, um, uh, what you have is that for a significant, they're all retrograde for about four to five months. Uh-huh. Out of the year, so they're okay. they're direct for only a few months longer than that they're retrograde. So basically, what that tells me, if I want to look at that symbolically, okay, is that we all are making progress, okay, mm-hmm. um, slowly. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, even if you look at the cycle of the year, yeah, there is a time for growth, which is spring summer, and then there's a time for retrospect, for auditing our life, which is fall and winter. Yeah. And you cannot have more growth unless you have the time for retrospection. Absolutely. Retrograde. Reversing, saying, okay, what's what's going on here? Uh, what is it that um, one of the things we talked about in the past show is that a plant does not grow just because the sun hits it. Uh-huh. It needs the nighttime. It needs the shadow, its shadow self or the shadow of, of the earth to process all of the food that it accumulated during the day. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have time to process that food, it doesn't grow. So it actually grows at night. You actually grow during the retrograde. You actually grow during the retrospection, during the, the challenges. And you don't necessarily grow during times um, of, of sunniness where you're being fed. Oh, well, the, the, I agree with you completely. And I think that that is why that there is... Um, you know, the balance. When we talked about the last two shows, um, lunar being the inner life um, or the moon being the inner life and the sun being the outer life. I have a question for you, Jackie. When you're doing... That means I'm in trouble. Go ahead. That means you're in trouble. When you're doing your work, 
um, okay. either helping somebody um, in regards to constructing candle magic or working with them with the Akashic Records. How much emphasis do you put on the power of the mind and or the mindset of the client when you're consulting with them? Oh, that is my specialty. The mindset, your mindset, and, and how you're looking at things. This is what I mostly teach about. Um, and because there's, there's lots and lots of books that tell you how to put together this recipe or do this spell or throw these tarot cards and it'll tell you what's, what's going on um, or what energy you need, you know, whatever. There's lots of lots of simple, basic, and really good books that tell you that. But the thing that was always missing in all of them for me, and this was one of my life lessons, is, you know, I could do a prosperity spell a day. Uh-huh. And I would get, you know, I'd find five bucks. Um, I would have, I would get out of this crisis, but the next crisis would be right behind it, and it would be the same crisis. So my journey became, what do I need to change within me? Uh-huh. And, and that always starts at the seed level of the mind. Um, the mind, the mind is the seed level. That air, that very airy thing is. That's the first thing you have to address when you're going to make evolutionary magical changes. So the the mind and the mental, your mental um, mindset, mental mindset. I think that's I repeated myself there a little bit. Um, that is that's key because without that, you you have nothing. You're just going to waste your time. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and you know what I have found, and the reason why I think that the planet Mercury is so significant, not only for magic and for astrology and psychology, um, because I have found over 25 years of working with clients that our minds do limit us, that our perceptions about things color our worldview, um, that our mindset programming begins in childhood. Oh, amen. And that it has an enormous amount of significance um, when we move into adulthood. Okay, so let's. I need to restate that. Sure. Our mindsets begin in our childhood and have enormous significance or influence or or actually write our adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is so huge. That is every every time I, I work with somebody, um, we always go back to something in childhood or something in past or something that wrote the script of who they are. And one of the things that you can do astrologically is that you can look at, and if you need a copy of your chart to find out what is going on with your Mercury, you can, of course, go to my website, stormsestivani.com. Up at the top there will be a link that says astrology. Click down and it will say free astrology chart. You can get that in your entire astrology report for free. So, plus a tutorial on how to read it. Um, when you start to look at um, Mercury in the chart, um, uh you can begin to start to get a glimpse, Jackie, of the way that this individual in many ways is going to process data. Um, uh, Both of us have our Mercury in in Virgo. Um, So both of us have to sit down and analyze and, um, you know, work it, reverse it, flip it, you know, find out what's underneath it, everything, in a very, very methodical sort of way. Um, Which is why we get along oh so very well. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the reason being that Mercury and Virgo has to do this is because if you take the opposite sign, which is Pisces, um, chaos 
um, and the unknowing and the irrational is very, very frightening to Mercury and Virgo. Um, uh, and the reason being is because it, it doesn't have any earth underneath it. It doesn't have any structure. Um, and whereas Mercury and Virgo can come up with the best analytical solution to a problem, I probably would not go to somebody with Mercury and Pisces for that type of answer, okay? I might go to them to write a great poem, <laughs> you know, or they, they often are great in the medical field or in any form of artistic area, but I don't necessarily know if I would go to them, you know, for um, uh, intense analysis unless they had other figurations in their chart, which leads me to the term of the day. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about Mercury for the rest of the show. We're going to go through all of the guises and uh, look at it from both a magical and an astrological perspective. But first, I want to use a term, um, and it is a Jungian term, which is called amplification. And basically what amplification is and what Jung believes that you could do, and in my experience it does work very well, is that you can take mediums such as mythology, fairy tales, folklore, science even, literature, or any other type of um, symbolic type of system and use that to explain an archetypal phenomenon, Um, uh, which is why, um, uh, you know, for example, if you want to look at, quote, unquote, and I'm just going to use this term loosely, the mythology involved with hoodoo, um, uh, whether or not there was um, uh, ant... Libelia, for lack of a better term, she'll probably strike me. Um, uh, you, you know, living down in New Orleans in 1722, um, or not, um, and what it is that she did in regards to creating her rituals, or not, is irrelevant. Okay, it is the symbolism involved with that whole particular process um, that is more relevant to us in the 21st century, and we can get meaning um, from that. We can get meaning out of what does it mean that George Washington cut down a cherry tree, or um, uh, you know, what is the meaning behind Honest Abe? Um, you know, we, we can look at that, and we can explore that on that particular symbolic level, and it will explain and define um, uh, you know, answers to modern-day questions. So, Well, I think, I think we do that... I think we, we as human beings continue to do that because we do that in sci-fi now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that is our modern-day mythology. It is It is one of them, yeah. And as well as um, really some of the fiction writers, they have their own – it's, it's fascinating how they all create their own mythology, especially if they're in the fantasy world. But even, um, even really powerful stories – um, speak to our new or modern day mythology. What are the things that I like? Would... Exactly. I mean, um, uh, uh, Twilight, even though that it may not address in many symbolic ways um, uh, issues of vampires and vampirism, um, uh-huh. because I think in that novel or in that series of novels, the, the vampire is kind of like a prop. Um, what that is is a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. It's well, a new. It's a new love story. Well, okay. So, so I'm going to go into another totally. It's not necessarily modern day, but um, Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Is there's still a huge cult of Pride and Prejudice? Yes. Um, which is interesting because that's a mythology of a strong woman. Yes. 
and of Elizabeth Bennett was was um, a strong woman who thought because she had her own mind that she would never be able to marry. Exactly. But you see, the roots, and here is the thing, the roots of all of these stories now, Jackie, are actually much, 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 much older. Absolutely. Then, um, uh, you know, then they're being laid out. And, and um, the point is that, that we will always have that mythology to explain life. Exactly. So mythology is there and folk, fairy tales, folklore, uh, things uh, of that nature. Now, let me, let's do a little bit about what I think about Mercury and candle magic. Okay. Um, and then I want to get into the different roles that Mercury actually plays in mythology. For me when I was working on the notes in regards to Mercury and pulling out LaRue's Encyclopedia of Mythology and every other book that I could get my paws on <laughs> when I was researching this, um, on the magical level, um, I'm convinced that Mercury is the patron deity of candle magic. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you have talked about. There's a lot of things in regards to stuff that you have written. For example, The Man at the Crossroads. Um, my feeling is is that his transits, Mercury's transits in your natal chart, are significant when using magic. Okay, so, but, but really quick, explain the transits again. Transit is not only when you're born, your planets are kind of fixed in a particular mm-hmm. location. Right, um, it's a snapshot of the moment yeah, it's you were born. Yeah, a snapshot of the moment that you were born. All of those planets move for eternity. Mm-hmm. When those planets move, they eventually make geometrical, so you have to think geometry, um, angles to where it was when you were born. For example, when Mercury is, say for example your sun is at 20 degrees of Leo, okay, when you're born. Mm-hmm. When Mercury gets to, or, or when the sun gets to 20 degrees of Scorpio, that's a square aspect. When it gets to 20 degrees of Aquarius, that's an opposition. It's the sign that's opposite of Leo. Gotcha. Um, okay. So when those planets move, they create angles, okay? They also connect with other planets, okay? So, for example, right now, um, Mercury, as of the time that we're doing this particular show, Mercury is at 2 degrees of Cancer, and it's retrograde, okay? If you have any planets that are around 2 degrees of Cancer, okay, or two degrees, just for an example, two degrees of Aries or two degrees of Libra Mm -hmm. um, or uh, two degrees of Capricorn, um, those are going to get activated via Mercury. Um, uh, And what happens is is that when that planet gets activated, it's not necessarily so much the angle that matters, Jackie, but it is a time in which if Mercury is activating your natal sun, okay, it is a great time to do solar magic. It is a great time for you to get in touch with yourself and in touch with your, you you know, with which direction in life that you want to go in, in touch with your journey. Well, I was thinking Mercury is, first of all, awesome for candle magic, but magic in general. Yeah. Um, Because magic involves communication and it involves crossroads and it involves change and all of those things that are that are mercurial. Also, I think that with the fact that Mercury is one of the very, very few deities that could traverse all three dimensions, the heavenly dimension, the physical dimension, and the underworld dimension. He represents the wick. 
So he's because worn the wick down. Is, the wick in a candle is the representation of the transformation. Yes. He draws down the light from the gods into the candle, mm-hmm. okay, which now it's gone into the physical universe. In other words, it's being able to be used practical in the physical level. It's really cool. And then basically he also brings up all of the junk that you may be dealing with. Anybody that burns an uncrossing candle will know that this is true. We'll bring up any form of junk that may be the result or the seed level of the problem, okay, and brings that back up, Jackie, to physical life, okay, in order to deal with it, which then brings it back up to the heavenly realm as well, okay? Mm -hmm. So that wick is a very, very important embodiment of uh, Mercury. Uh, And, uh, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, Jackie, the problem with this particular planet, I, out of there's many planets that don't get enough emphasis. Mercury gets emphasis during Mercury retrograde. People do not track its transits. Uh, but you know, most astrologers don't sit and look at when Mercury is moving around because he moves around too quickly. They also don't look at Venus; she moves too quickly. Um, uh, they don't look at the Sun usually or the Moon; they move too quickly. So most astrologers start at a slower planet, which is Mars, when they're looking at transits to the natal chart, okay? But, but you could look at, I mean, we look at how the moon, um, not necessarily transits through our chart, but how the moon moves um, and where it's at. And we obviously look at where the sun's at um, within our seasons. But we could we could add, are you saying that we could potentially add just where Mercury is? I think that we can take Mercury and give it a little bit more emphasis because I think that because it moves so quickly, it is symbolic of the fact that we take for granted our capacity to learn, our capacity to analyze, mm-hmm. our capacity to discern, and, uh, you know, our the power of our mind in this day and age, Jackie, mm-hmm. is pretty much vastly underrated and perhaps very misunderstood, hmm. in my opinion. Um, uh, the reason being is that, you know, unless you're going to the groups that Jackie and I attend, which for me are online, Jackie's are in person, um, or, you know, you talk to Jackie and I, or you are in part of a metaphysical circle, or a spirituality circle, or a, uh, a self-improvement circle, uh, you know, most people are not talking about the stuff that we're talking about, Jackie, for the, for the main part. They get up in the morning, they take their shower, hopefully, um, put on some clothes. That's the Virgo in me. <laughs> Unless, of course, they share the night before. Uh, yeah, um, which still would bother me, by the way. Um, uh, you know, they brush their teeth. They eat their breakfast. They go to work, okay? They come home, um, undo the particular work process, go to bed, and get up the next day, rinse and repeat. There is not an enormous amount of reflection going on. If there was, we wouldn't have the problems in the world that we have today. Um. I wonder if if there has has been the level of reflection in lives as there is today. I think that there's been improvement in the modern age. I think that the percentage may have increased to 5% from where it was at probably two and a half, thirty 30 years ago when we started. Um, I, I think being reflective on your life is, is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to maintain that in the midst of that that lower-level survival struggle that we get into. It's hard to be reflective um, when you're just working on getting food on the table. Exactly. And I think that also, I think that people, for the most part, don't want to dredge up that old stuff unless they belong to the groups that we belong to. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
you know, and uh, you know that they would much rather um, put it into into the background. But here is the problem: the more that you put that into the background, the more that it's going to come up to bite you. Oh, absolutely. So, so in this, um, you know, in talking about Mercury, we're always we're, we'll of course say Mercury can have more of um, an influence in your life, or you can you can find the power of mm-hmm. using magic with Mercury because one, we're talking about it. Yeah. And two, it looks like since it moves so quickly through your life, and it is that crossroads, magical, intellectual thing that that seed that seed area. I think that this is really interesting. It is really, really a new a new way of of looking at this for uh, a lot of people. I know for myself, I'm going, wow, okay. I I went real deep when when reviewing the notes for the show. Mercury has been around for a long time, which is why I'm shocked that uh, we haven't, uh, you know, used him to the extent that we should. And you don't see, you see a lot of emphasis in magic on the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see written, there's a couple of books that have been written about um, other types of planetary magic. There's not a lot out there. Not in your face. It's That's not fine. in your face. Um, you see the moon or don't see the moon or you wonder where the moon is or all of a sudden it's the full moon and you go, God, look at and it. And we wonder why Mercury is so annoying during Mercury retrograde. It's the only time he gets any real attention. Um, so he, he says, I want your attention. Yeah. I get it hard. <laughs> Here are, Jackie, some of the um, ways Mercury has been expressed in the past. And he's had several names. Um, I'm only going to mention a few, that there's been a lot more. Um, and there will probably be in the next 2,000 years a lot more. Um, but the oldest is probably Toth, um, who was an Egyptian god. And he was the patron of science and literature, wisdom and inventions. He was the spokesperson for the Egyptian gods and the keeper of the records. Um, so, you know, he was the Akashic uh, god. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the creator of the alphabet, and here is the interesting thing: he was endowed with total knowledge, not just a little, not just what he, you know, mm-hmm. went and studied at university. He had it all. Okay, um, he invented arithmetic, surveying, geometry, astrology, medicine, music, and writing. Okay, um, he's got a pretty large repertoire. Um, he's a big deal, and he's also, you know, he's that those those um, the complicated. Tarot cards. Yeah. <laughs> We're named after him, yeah. Loki um, is uh, uh, a Teutonic god. Um, uh, he was the Lord of Fire, and the reason that he, if you go into his mythology, which is not as vast as Hermes, which we'll get to, but um, he was an extreme manipulator. Now, when you're looking at myths, you can't, you have to look at it allegorically. You can't just look at it as in, in, in at face value. Okay, an incorrigible manipulator means that there, in, with him being a god, Jackie, mm-hmm. there is a reason for this that is going on. You know that this particular is necessary in order for progress to occur. Okay, um, so don't just look at Loki, even though that usually in the Avengers he's not really in a positive light. Well, um, I also want to point out in the in the myths and the stories of Loki that I've read and yeah. used in my work is he's the bringer of the hard truth. He's the bringer of the truth you refuse to see. Absolutely. Who he reminds me of more so than anything else when I watch Once Upon a Time, uh-huh. um, Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Um, he has that very um, uh, Rumpelstiltskin always has the particular secret. And he will give it to you, but you're going to owe him something for it. 
um, which is uh, which which is pretty interesting. The next one is Wotan, um, who is the Germanic god. It, isn't that another pronunciation of Odin? Um, Wotan? No, they're two different. They're two different deities. They are. Um, yeah, um, Wotan is uh, actually an older version of Loki. Um, uh, Odin is a um, you know. Uh, uh, was a, more of a uh, Celtic. Um, his original roots are more Celtic than. Um, no, no. Well, Odin is Odin is Norse. Norse, but the Norse roots are Celtic. Okay, because he has the same story of sacrificing yeah. one eye. Remember, yes. Remember that Greek Roman mythology came first. It was not for another thousand years, Jackie, that Norse mythology came. After. Oh, interesting. So it was even, so we're looking at the Norse type of uh, mythology came around right around and or after Christ, right around that period. Um, But it was caught up in that Germanic area, that whole Germanic England area, which was more cut off from the Catholic Church, and there were still Druids running around and um, things uh, of that nature uh, uh, back then. So Wotan was the patron of magic and lord of the wild hunch. Um, he did sacrifice one of his eyes for the gift of wisdom. What this tells me, Jackie, is that with that particular part, you can't be smart with only just what you see. It's true. Well, I, for my um, sci-fi Doctor Who fans out there, um, Wotan was the name of Earth's first artificial intelligence computer that Doctor Who um, helped them fix. It's very interesting because it was also where Wotan became extremely popular was during Nazi Germany. Oh, interesting. Um, And there is, it it was so popular that they used it in um, uh, a Wonder Woman episode, um, which is another mythology of its own. Um, uh, A Wonder Woman episode. And basically, the whole process of this desire, Jackie, to create something perfect, which fits back into the scientific thing, uh-huh. the desire to create this superhuman, the desire to create this wonderful, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, um, untainted image that the Nazis wanted, is all Wotan. Interesting. It's a very dark version of Wotan. I've got, in fact, I will uh, send that over to you. I have a great article, very, very rare, that um, Jung wrote on uh, on Wotan, and in fact, I'll uh, put it up on uh, stormsestivani.com for anybody else that may be interested as well. Um, okay, ne- so we got stuck on Wotan. All right. Next is Hermes. He obviously wanted a little attention. He never gets any. He um, makes some amazing <laughs> scarves in Paris. <laughs> <Hermes>. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he is the, he is probably the, he is the version of Mercury that we're going to get. Um, uh, he is the Lord of the Travelers and Merchants. He's patron of thieves. Um, he was an incredible liar. Um, uh, uh, he was also the guide of the souls of the dead and the messenger of the Olympic gods. And uh, he is very very significant, Jackie, because number one. His birth alone is pretty interesting. Um, uh, He was born of an illicit union of Zeus and Maya. Now, if you look at the iconography of the gods, okay, or the genealogy, basically what many scholars believe is that Apollo was born first. Okay, Now, remember, Zeus is married to Hera. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Apollo was born first from Denai. Uh, or, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, Denai. Apollo was born, which she doesn't need, you know, the mother is ins- insignificant. Her story is just not even there, really. Um, uh, you know, but that wasn't Hera. The second one is Hermes, who was born of Maya, okay? Wasn't Hera. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's pretty interesting that it takes a while before she starts to beget any children of her own. Um, now, Maya is an interesting goddess because she was the personification of growth. That's what she represented. Hmm. Um, and on the psychological level, one of the things that you can also do is look at the parentage, Jackie, of the god or the deity and gain a little bit of emphasis. And Mercury may have everything to do with our ability to reflect, understand, and change. Um, you know, it may be through him. It may be only through our gaining knowledge, understanding, um, that we're able to evoke this particular type of change, um, which is why I think that he is probably one of the – understanding Mercury in your natal chart is probably one of the most significant things that you can do because basically it is the entire filter through which you experience life. It's the glasses you're wearing. Um, so it's really important. Now, he's got an interesting story. He's born, Jackie, and on the day that he was born, he gets up out of his crib. Okay. <laughs> hey. They grow fast. They yeah, grow yeah, fast. They grow fast. You know, when you're the child of a god, you grow fast. He gets up out of the crib, okay, can sneak off away from his mother, okay, and um, runs off and uh, starts to automatically cause problems. And he was clever because he goes out and he's the first thing that he does is he walks outside his house and he says, oh, you're a turtle. I think that we can have a bigger use of you. So he takes the turtle out of the shell, steals the shell, and creates a leer. First hour of birth. Um, it tells us that Mercury categorizes, looks at, and understands you know, how to use things. He then, yeah, he proceeds to a cow pasture in which he says, oh, look, here are some lovely cows. I want them. So what he does, Jackie, is immediately knows that if he walks backwards, that Apollo, who these cows belong to, would not be able to track him down. So he steals the cows. And what this reflects is that Mercury, in the beginning of his myth, steals something that belongs to the sun. And I think, Jackie, that we develop our identity first through identifying with others, our parents, um, our siblings. Yeah, we've talked about that, yes. about what the things that haunt us. Yeah. Yes. And then what happens is that we need to recognize, reconcile this with developing our identity on our own. So once we develop our own thoughts and concepts with a deeper understanding of ourselves, we're then able to transfer this data back to our own son, which will allow us to develop our individuality, okay? And how does Mercury help with that? Because Mercury is the god of of, uh, of uh, communication, understanding, insight. It's the planet that gotcha. deals with this. Okay. So basically, your first experiences in life are going, and I believe that many people are still stuck here. I was stuck here for 40 years. Um, uh, I think that many people, uh, Jackie, their experiences of life, the way that they experience life, is based upon other people's experiences of life, which can go back many, 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 many generations. You know, I, I talk to Rebecca about that all the time, and I, I've said to her many times, yeah, she, gets, she gets very incensed about um, other people's behavior. 
and fairness and rules and my little Capricorn God lover. And I said, it's okay because what what you're so mad about are the things that you don't want to have define you. Mm-hmm. So it's really you're seeing somebody else's identity and saying, I don't want that as a part of mine. Or I don't like that part of myself when I do that. And And just like, you know, as her mother, I say, you're going to be mad at me. It's your job to be mad at me because that's how you figure out how you want to be. First, you have to figure out what you don't want to be. Absolutely. And, you know, so basically what Mercury does at first, Mercury sits there, Jackie, and understands what everybody else is doing around them in early life Mm -hmm. um, and how they understand the world because you want to fit in also. Um, Would you say Mercury is that... um, that young adulthood in life where where your son is your son and your moon are are, are you, like the moon is that nurturing connecting with your mother connecting with that that um that aspect the sun is starting to find your own identity and then mercury as you get older you're kind of moving into that mercurial state where you're morphing i think mercury is the it is the educationary years so i'm saying in our in our world it's the teenage years not only, I think it goes back even earlier. I, I would say even kindergarten on. Um, the reason being is that we first have to learn everything. Um, we have to learn our colors and our alphabet and our numbers and how okay. to express ourselves with basic languaging, which is also Mercury. And then we begin to basically understand the appropriate ways and not appropriate ways of interacting with people and communicating and developing this very superficial childhood type of relationships, which also which have to do with Mercury. The third house in the astrology chart, which has to do with um, uh, with Mercury is our siblings. It rules our siblings. Um, so this is where I think that we begin to learn things. Okay, and if if you think about it, every child, unless you are the oldest child, um, and then I think that you may transplant plant this onto one of your parents, probably. But every little child idealizes in many ways what is going on with their sibling that is three or four years older. Oh, they get to use the telephone and they get to ride a bus and now they get to drive a car and, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can't wait until I can do that. That is all Mercury at work. And basically what happens is is that eventually as the individual grows, like I said, the problem is is that many get trapped there, um, uh, is, is that Mercury then comes up with its own concepts and its own ideas, Jackie, brings that back to the sun, which is the core of the personality of the individual, and it then becomes uniquely their own. Gotcha. Okay. Now, Zeus, who is... So, Apollo and Mercury eventually have uh, an altercation. And uh, Apollo brings the little brat <laughs> <laughs> up to Olympus. You know, remember, he's a, he's a day old. Um, uh, he brings him up to uh, Olympus and sits him down in front of Zeus and says to Zeus, you won't believe what this little brat did. He stole my cattle. And Zeus had three favorite children, Apollo, Hermes, and Athena. Um, uh, Athena... Is like the is the proverbial father's daughter. She, you know, she was he's she's so favorite that she doesn't even need a mother. She just pops out of his head. Um, uh, you know, the uh, Mercury and Apollo though were aligned with Zeus, who is also called Jupiter in in astrology, and it's different. 
different than Zeus's relationship with his other children. Um, Zeus didn't have a good relationship with Ares. Um, uh, Ares was a little bit too crude for Zeus, um, uh, so they didn't get along. Um, their wars were intense. Um, Zeus did not like the way that Hephaestus looks, which was his child with Hera. So he got mad at him one day and kicked him out of heaven. Um, uh, he was not real fond of Dionysus. Um, Dionysus was a little bit too girly for him. Um, so Mercury and Apollo were favorite. Now you can look at that. Again, you need to look at this allegorically and see what it means. Jupiter represents our ability to see outside the box, Jackie, and reflects our need to expand and enrich our lives and be creative. Okay. Mercury provides us with the ability to make sense of Jupiterian philosophies. And then we can apply that to our everyday life. Okay? So it's wonderful to go to um, Marianne Williamson seminar for three days and get all of this particular Jupiterian wonderful spiritual insight. Okay? Or you go to um, a Yehuda Berg seminar or you go to a Jackie Smith seminar. Um, it's, it's wonderful to go and get this particular insight, which is extremely Jupiterian, okay? But it's when you get home, Jackie, and have you to have to use the Mercury to apply it to your life. Right, right. That's so funny. That is so funny because we're both Mercury, uh, Virgo, and Mercury and Virgo. Yeah. And that's always my, whenever I go to big classes, my entrepreneur classes, and, and I go four times a year, and they, they have this, okay, what are the six things you're going to take away from this class? They go, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to take away one, because I can't implement six yes. in the next two and a half months. So I can implement one without upsetting the apple cart. So we're going to go with that. And, <laughs> and um, or, or I'll say, I have to have six? How can I? I can't do this. I'm a failure. You know, so... So it it um, that's I, that's definitely a Mercury Mercury and Virgo thing. <laughs> now he had many many rules in myths, and I think that you can take this word myth and change that word to rules in astrology, and you can change that to rules in magic. He was a thief, magician, craftsman, messenger of the gods, god of boundaries, commerce, merchants, words language. I mean, this guy has more jobs than Jackie does at Coventry, um, <laughs> uh, which is uh, rare. Um, as the messenger of the gods, um, uh, the gods need to communicate their messages through him. They just don't pop up in your house. So they use particular tools and devices in which to communicate with us. And, and Jackie, you know, one of the things, and it's you know, part of my, my history, is when I was 14 years old and decided that there was something, you, you know, questioning the universe in regards to what it is that, that I'm supposed to do with my life and which direction am I supposed to go in. And it was dark and I fell over a chest and hit a bookshelf and two books landed on top of me, one being Saturn, A New Look at an Old Devil by Liz Green, the other book being um, uh, Mysterium Conjunctionis by Carl Jung. Um, uh, those particular... Um, books really had a, a complete effect upon which direction that my life went in, okay? And I think that that is one of the ways that Mercury pops up to us in that certain way as messenger of the gods. Oh, yes. 
Um, well, he, Mercury aligns with so many other crossroads and messenger. Um, he is a crossroads deity. Yeah. So, and he he aligns up with, and all of the crossroads deities are the messengers. They bring the they bring the messages messages from the divine, um, and they also take messages to the divine, and also take messages to the dead. Yes. Uh, which brings us to you know he is the guide of the souls. Um, he provides us with our ability to discover things about ourselves that are in uh, the unconscious and bring them to the light of day. Um, so it is when you're ready for that breakthrough, okay? Mm -hmm. Mercury is there to assist bringing that from the unconscious to the conscious mind. Um, well, that's the power of retrograde. Yeah. That's how he does it, is through retrograde. He has a practical intelligence, uh, which is our ability to categorize and understand facts and concrete objects. In part, this is the reason why we need to label things. Um, uh, which ironically, you, you know, you I'm all labelers. Don't label me. Well, you know what? Sorry, that's what we do as human beings. That's how we. <laughs> we have to categorize it so we understand how it can, how it influences our life, and if we want it to. Yes, um, he was the inventor of science, which is the capacity Logic. for us to make uh, logical sense of theoretical concepts and the ability um, uh, to apply it in a formulated way. Hmm. So, you know, these are pretty much his particular roles in myth, astrology, and um, magic. Now we're going to get into the good stuff. Um, so, so before we get into that good stuff, looking at this on a, on a purely magicianal um, level, which I know we're going to go into that, sure. that alchemist magician level, um, messenger of the gods, so, so bringing that Mercury energy or that Hermes energy in when you need that, that divine influence, divine mm -hmm. assistance when you need to dig deeper within your own self. But what about talking to ancestors? Um, I, th I think it is the same way. Mercury okay. communicates with the dead. Um, when you need to find new solutions, new solutions to old problems. Yeah. Um, um, when you need to be a little more analytical and less emotional um, about something, meaning that your emotions are off the charts. So, you know, uh, Monica, who works, who is my niece and also works for us, she's taken her, her LSATs today. And so I'm just going to send some Mercury energy over to her to bring to, to, for the intellect, the logic to override the um, emotional, oh, my God, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Just, just kind of tapping into that magical stuff. So, and that, now we're getting into the good stuff. The other area that... Mercury was heavily involved with is that in Neoplatonic thought, um, there was a figure called Hermes Trismis Trismegistus. Um, I'm probably butchering the last part of it, um, but it's 15 miles long. Um, and he was an alchemist. And alchemy, for me, is just another code word for magic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And magic is the blending of um, of of many things, same as alchemy. It's just the same stuff. And magic is just another word for me for psychological transmutation. Well, so so I just want to tap into something we talked about. Um, we we glazed over, but um, mm -hmm. sure. the power of the mind and the power of suggestion. Um, that that see to me. Some, I was reading something in there uh, about somebody discounting um, magical energy. 
<laughs> well, it's just the power of suggestion. It's just what you're doing is you're hypnotizing or mesmerizing somebody with an idea. And I said, and as I'm reading this, I, I said to the book, and I yelled at it, <laughs> and I said, well, yes. Yes. That is absolutely a huge part of magic is being mesmerized or suggest or some suggestive things because I can say to you, Storm, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I don't know if astrology is it for me. I don't know if astrology is really true. And you're going to go, all right, we're going to stop talking now because I'm going to, I just don't even want to have that discussion. <laughs> and, we'll, you know, you'll be very, you'd be upset with me. I cannot suggest to you. I cannot um, mesmerize you into this different ideal because there is no room for it. It is not what you're looking for. Um, but if I, I came to you and I said, what if, what if we looked at astrology from the viewpoint of Jungian psychology, which is what the books that hit you on the head, mm-hmm. that power mm-hmm. of suggestion, yeah. was the things that were starting to percolate already. So these suggestive ideas add to this. They become that that extra element that you need when you're manifesting something. So yes, magic is all about the power of suggestion, but you but it's the suggestion you're looking for. The the other interesting thing that I will add on to that, Jackie, is that there were no when I started studying astrology in the early 80s, I started studying in 84, 85. Um uh there were no psychological based astrologers really in the United States. Um, all of the people that were doing what eventually became the body of psychological astrology, um, except for, there, there of course were a couple, but um, a unit, most of them who are the trailblazers in this field are all in Britain. Um, so it's interesting that these particular types of books, because how the heck was I, a kid from, from New York, um, going to get this particular knowledge, okay, um, from England, um, you know, at, at 14, 15. So it's interesting that those particular books fell down, because when I got to college, my particular ideas of astrology had already been formulated. And then basically when I did start to pick up these other books, Okay, um, it was uh, helpful in regards to making me realize that I just wasn't insane with these particular ideals that I had. Um, uh, you know, and it is interesting that at that particular point, Liz Green had only had two books out when that book fell on me: um, <laughs> Saturn and New Look at an Old Devil. Okay, and relating the astrological guide to living with others on a small planet. Those were the two books that were out that she had done. The rest of her body of work did not happen until well after that. But um, uh, she ended up being, I would probably say, the mother of psychological astrology. Um, With alchemy, um, mercury uh, is a term which is called the prima materia, which is a Latin word for um, base matter or feces. I can't say the other word on the show. (laughs) Otherwise, I would. (laughs) It starts with an S. Um, uh, so, it's, so it is the base matter, okay, and it's also the prima materia, which is the process, okay, and the gold. So basically, Mercury represents the transformer, the transforming, and the transformed, or the, psych- the psychology, the magic, the magician, the results, the problem, the situation, the circumstance, the cooking, and the process are all the same thing. 
Well, that's getting a little confusing there. No. It's actually very simple. (laughs) Basically, what this means psychologically is that our problems are virtually our best friend. They allow us to analyze our self-defeating behaviors and turn them into gold by viewing them differently, by seeing that the problem could be a stepping stone or a catalyst for your developing positive qualities, which you might not have developed if you didn't have the problem, okay? Well, yeah, so, that's, that's one of the Jackie philosophies. Yeah, so the problem on its own, okay, is also the result or the goal. So it's going to give it to you, okay? Um, interestingly enough, in astrology, that the, the planet that people get frightened over, whatever it starts going through their horoscope, is Saturn. Saturn, in, so it's our fears, our inhibitions, you know, the lame part of ourself in the horoscope. It's also where we find the gold in the horoscope. It's where the gold is buried or where the treasure is. Absolutely, because within your, within your crisis is your solution. It's always there. It's never outside of the crisis. It's always within the crisis because the thing that's creating the crisis is the thing that, that is the solution. So the problem, the crisis, the solution, and the result are all the same thing which is how magic can happen in the first place. Um, When you go to cast a spell, this is my opinion, when you go to cast a spell, the result is already there. The process is already there. It is just simply you using mind over matter to shift the energies from one direction to the other, which is my But see, here's my thing about magic, is sometimes our mind gets stuck and cannot get over the matter. Um, I, I think that that's where magic comes in is when we get very, very stuck yeah. in, in one specific vision and look and direction. Absolutely. And so what happens with magic is you're bringing in a new vibration. It's very quantum in in the way it works. It's, it's literally a new um, neural pathway, mm-hmm. a new vibration that's creating a new neural pathway. And, and that new neural pathway says, oh, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> and and so um, it says, oh, I didn't know you had. You, you didn't have to like have every holiday with your family. You could choose something else. <laughs> you know, those are some of those. It, it it's logical to you and I. Yes. But it's not apparent. And so so to me, that's what magic is. Is because if we could get over it, if we could do mind over matter, we wouldn't need magic. So magic helps us get that is we, when we get stuck. But you see, I disagree with you. I believe that mind over matter is, matter is magic. Okay. All right. So that's that mental magic. Yeah. That's that mental magic. And when the mental magic gets stuck and doesn't work, that's when you start bringing in your other types of magic. Yeah. Um Mercury also has to do with the goal of the work, Um, uh, whether it be alchemy, you're transmuting a wolf into a king, Um, or, you know, you're um, creating yourself a better financial situation, okay? Um, The goal, the end result is Mercury. Um, And I think that you're right from the perspective that I think that the mind can either trap us so we get stuck in those particular problems. Mm -hmm. We get stuck in our particular difficulties. We get stuck at what happened to us at seven years old. Mm -hmm. Um, Or 
it can shape a whole new world for you. Well, like you said, Mercury is also aligned with Toth. And yeah. Mercury is aligned with truth. Even the tricks, all of the tricksters bring a truth to them. Yeah. They bring a universal truth because when we get stuck in a, in a very personal, myopic truth, um, we cannot get a new perspective. Because you can't have have a lie without the truth, and you can't have a truth without without a lie. Well, this is why the Van Van candle works so well with Mercury retrograde, because it turns bad luck to good. So it brings that new perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get stuck in that belief that says, "Oh my God, this Mercury retrograde is killing me," no, it's really not. You're resisting the change that needs to happen so you can get what you want. Yeah, and you, you know the the. Final thing, and I think that it goes down to what we've just been talking about, and I think that it is it is actually the psychological definition of what we've just been talking about. Jung had a term which was called the transcendent function. Um, and the transcendent function was circumstances and situations and events happen in our lives in order to reconcile opposites. And that the purpose of the psyche, Jackie, through the course of a lifetime, and Mercury governs this, um, is to reconcile these particular opposites within us um, uh, you know, and bring know, things together. And and just to give you that final final, because I know we're out of time. Sure. Um, I think we are out of time. Um, if you think about what um, truth is, to me, so Mercury is very truth-oriented, universal truth, not like, oh, I'm just giving you my truth, kind of, which is your ego, a.k.a. Yeah. ego. But this is universal truth of, of how everything is... is um, cogs together in the wheel in the big machine is that when you let go of this absolute truth that you have which is this is how the truth and justice candle works that that we make yeah that we just brought out is when you can let go of that absolute truth of you don't understand my mother didn't like me and here's this absolute truth that you have mm-hmm. when you can let go of it and release it as your shield, as your identity, and this is a very mercurial thing to do, what happens is that once you let go of it, it can go out and it can be an influencer. Um, so, for instance, if I let go of this identity of, of um, oh, my gosh, my mother didn't like me, let's say I'm playing with that one, and I let go of that and, it, and I release it, then, then it, it can influence my life in a positive way saying, oh, I can now... Um, be an influencer to say this is how you recover from this or this is how you do things in a different way. Here's the new perspective on it. Here's how I can get you to my point of view. So so that's to me that's a, um, I don't know if I, I really off shot there and, and went too far, but when I was reading all your notes on Mercury and digging into this and, and pulling up my own notes, I went, oh, this is it. This is exactly it. That's how I, I put it together in my head. If there, Jackie, was one candle, which I think you might have already mentioned it, but <laughs> if there was one candle um, that people could use for mercury-related problems, whether it be clearing up where they're stuck in their own battlefield of the mind um, or where they're not able to release stuff that may have occurred in childhood or um, uh, that they're feeling stuck at the moment in regards to where that their life is, and they want to become more open to magic, mm-hmm. what would you suggest? The Van Van candle um, for that Mercury retrograde, for that negative aspect of, of being stuck in some of those Mercury dramas. 
But the flip side of it is to pull in some of the other mercury, po- the positive mercury aspects of that logic, that um, that communication it would be the truth and justice candle. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to. Um, I was very inspired by the show, and sure. um, and you're going to see up on the Keep It Magic site and possibly the Coventry site in the next week. It's some mercury kits, a mercury nice. retrograde kit, a mercury fast magic kit. Um, a Mercury Communication Kit, and a Mercury Petition and Messages Kit. Nice. Um, I can't so wait to see them. I'm, I'm excited about that with a little explanation on how to use them. <laughs> that will be a lot of fun. Um, everybody, we're out of time for this particular episode of Keep It Magic. Make sure that you tune in two weeks from now because Jackie and I will be doing part four of Finding Your Inner Gold series, which is going to be about Venus. Um, and she's got it, believe it or not. She's really got it. Um, <laughs> but first, cruise on over to www.coventrycreations.com, <laughs> <laughs> who is the sponsor of our show. If you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, um, we have a candle for that. Um, you can also book a reading from Jackie from Coventry Creations. Coventry Creation candle. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mercury is now messing with me. <laughs> Live and on the air. Um, or go to www.stormsustavani.com, which is my website. Um, and Jackie and I will be back in two weeks. And what do they need to do in the meantime, Jackie? They need to go to CoventryCreations.com and they need to keep it magic. That's <laughs> uh, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks. feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, yo it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our heart through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak life.
With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.